0: This show is not a substitute for professional counseling and no relationship is created between the show hosts or guests and any listener. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, we encourage you to contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.
1: It's six o'clock and time again for Brain Matters, the official radio show of the UA Counseling Center. We are broadcasting from the campus of the University of Alabama. Good evening. My name is Dr. B.J. Gunther and I'm the host of the show along with my colleague and producer Catherine Howell. And in case you don't know, this show is about mental and physical health issues that affect college students and in particular UA students. So you can listen to us each Tuesday night at 6 p.m. on 90.7 FM or online at WV. WB- Edu, or you can also download the Crimson White app and click on the 90.7 live streaming link, and hopefully, they'll get you to some of our shows. Also, if you have any ideas for upcoming shows for this spring, this is our first show for the semester. If you have any ideas, please email those to me at Brain Matters Radio at WBUAFM.UA.EDU. And of course, I will consider using your ideas for show topics. We have several show topics already lined up but we do anywhere between 10 and 13 shows a semester so we're always looking for new ideas and tonight our first show is an interesting one. Um, I've had this topic on right when we first began our show in 2013 2014 but i always think it's a good topic to have every once in a while since our students rotate out and graduate and leave and you know that uh, we have a lot of new students every other year basically so tonight we're talking about alternative treatments for stress and anxiety people are always wanting to know new things to do to treat their anxiety or their panic attacks or just to deal with stress and um, um my guest tonight is dr sarita elizabeth Cox dr Cox has been on the show before she's the um she's doctor of naturopathic medicine with a practice here in Tuscaloosa it's really fascinating and she offers a variety of wellness treatments um, which include anything from acupuncture to oriental medicine and i just think she is fascinating to talk to so i hope you enjoy the show tonight we've got lots of questions start off sarita thank you for being on the show tonight
2: it's a pleasure to be back, BJ. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Sure. Tell us a little bit, tell the listeners about yourself. Give some more, because um, I know you have lots of questions from people asking about your credentials. And especially in this part of the country, I'll just say it like that, you know, so give, right. give us your, the, um, your credentials.
2: Yeah, BJ, it is a great question to ask in the state of Alabama. Alabama is one of only three states that don't license the profession of acupuncture, even though we brought it to our legislature three times in a row, they still have not chosen to act in the interest of public safety so that you can tell the difference who's actually trained in acupuncture and who's not. So basically in the state of Alabama, just anyone, literally anyone could offer acupuncture. Um, so people do ask about my credentials and I'm glad they do. Um, there is a national credentialing system um, called NCCAOM mm-hmm. that authorizes tests, keeps up with the ethics and the um, continuing education for our profession. Many states use this credential as a clearinghouse. So I'm a diplomat in acupuncture through NCCAOM and I have been since um, right after my um, board board licensure in 2003. So I'm also licensed in the state of Mississippi. So when people, other acupuncturist professionals call me and say, Hey, what do we do? We don't have a license. I'm like, yes, it's technically not legal to practice in Alabama. So I invite you to get a a neighboring license. So when I came into the state, I had a license in Alaska. I had been I had, that's where I originally licensed. And then once I got to the South, I chose Mississippi, which started, which created a licensure system in 2009. Wow. I'm also licensed as an active naturopathic doctor in the state of Oregon. So in Oregon, I would have the, all the rights and the privileges of a naturopathic physician there, which is pharmacy as a, as a last line diagnostic testing. I don't do those things here, I act as a consultant around your health. I can look at your test and I can suggest that you get things tested like vitamin D during the winter. Yes. So if people can bring their, I, I, I really consult with them and then ask them, refer them back to our physicians in town to get these tests done to try to optimize their health. So those are my, those are my credentials and I keep up with those. I do my continuing education every year. So I am, active on both those roles in both those states. So that's about the best one can do. Well, and, and in this
1: area, I think you are still the only person I have ever known of
2: to offer acupuncture. Is that still correct? Um, there are people practicing acupuncture, but I'm the only licensed acupuncturist okay. as far as Birmingham. And Birmingham is the same situation. Yeah. We ask them to hold a state license and they may or may not. But um, there are credentialable people in Birmingham.
1: I know I still use your name to refer to people who are suffering with chronic pain and they have tried everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said this to you when you were first on the show, when you first mention acupuncture to somebody, a lot of times they'll gasp, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I could never do that, you know, because it involves needles. and, And they just don't know the details about how the procedure happens and what effect you know, the percentage of success rates that are out there for people with chronic pain and not just chronic pain. I remember you talking about you back in 2014 when you were on the show, I believe you talked about treating um, children and adults with ADHD. Am I just making that up?
2: No, no, it's definitely um, a call for a service here and sometimes we do that with acupuncture and other times we may need to do lifestyle changes obviously dietary dietary lifestyle changes and sometimes we need we parents choose to use or kids or you know the whole gamut with with yeah. tension issues choose to use supplementation and i'll review that for people sometimes we'll do individualized chinese herbs but mostly brain food i mean For example, fish oils, if people, and then if people are, you know, opposed to fish, we maybe do a seaweed oil, but there are all kinds of fantastic um, things to support our our attention. But honestly, I'm gonna say this a million times, the practice of focusing the mind through meditation and visualizations is the thing that we can do that's always with us. And it's incredibly effective.
1: And it is so hard to get students to, to do that, I, I think, because, you know, I'll have a student tell me they just can't motivate themselves, they can't focus, they can't concentrate. And I'll be honest with you, I feel like a lot of times they're wanting the quick fix of medication. Mm -hmm. And if I suggest mindfulness or meditation or some of these cool apps that are out there to help them meditate, it's almost like they'll say, well, I've tried that and that doesn't work. It's like people do not give themselves time to practice this because doesn't it take
2: practice to learn to do to meditate? It really does. It does. And I I hear this concern a lot, and I think it's twofold. When we take the ancient wisdoms, we didn't just try to unplug from a crazy, busy, overstimulated day and world and then suddenly quiet our minds. What happens is that we run pathways in our plastic brain that neurons communicate with each other like a track on a record or like a map. Mm -hmm. We have to retrain the brain to follow a new pathway of peace and um, focus. Yes. So we do have to continue to practice it. And what will happen in times of stress, we will revert to the old patterns. And so we must practice again and again. But BJ, one of the things that I have found... Increase of success for many people is to do some body activity prior to trying to sit and settle and calm. Okay. Many people need to take a walk or, you know, I would recommend shaking the body in a Qigong bouncy bounce way or jumping rope or dancing for five minutes or 15 minutes, wearing yourself out a little bit if you're young and strong and have a lot of vitality. Yeah. And in fact, if we think about the ancient wisdoms, yoga was simply a physical body activity to relax the muscles and get so we could hold a posture. So we like to divide these mind and body actions and we're like, oh, yoga, it's so great. And it is. But the real intention of that practice is to be able to condition the body to sit while we quiet the mind. Mm -hmm. So if we think of the sequencing, once we get into that end phase of yoga and we've done our shavasana, that is a perfect time. Yeah. um When I think about
1: this, I think about the book and the movie Eat, Pray, Love, where she goes to India and she learns to meditate. And at first, it's so hard for her because everybody else is, you know, way ahead of her. And she goes into that little room to meditate and her mind is just all over the place. You know, it,
2: it takes weeks to train yourself to do that. As it is. The mind, it wanders, and when we start to quiet, we start hearing, we become aware of all the dialogues. Yeah. So when we're busy and we're in this stimulated world, we may not even notice all the directions and all the voices that, are, that our minds are playing.
1: Do you see, um, first of all, do you see
2: college students? I do. I um, My largest college student base is students from out of state whose yep. parents contact me and say, my daughter or son is coming to the university and we wanna do continued care, or they have a crisis of something they've been managing at home out of state, yep. and then they seek me out And so that's the number one way. And then I built in a referral network because I have seen UA students just a couple of weeks ago, a cousin called and said, oh, my cousin saw you. And then, you know, I believe she's in her junior year. She hasn't needed the services. Right. She needs them now.
1: What about of those college students? Mm -hmm. Can you name most, what are the problems they are coming to you for? Are they health pro- health related or are they stress and anxiety? Or um, give us examples of what you see most college students for.
2: I see the majority of college students for stress and anxiety. And it will peak around, you know, trying to finish their program or to get a set of, ex- you know, exams done. That's a very common reason they come in. The other reason I come in is an exacerbation of an acute situation of a chronic situation they've had in the past that they've managed well with natural lifestyle, um, things that just aren't working right now, but they have a history of them working in the past. So whatever their condition is, whether it be autoimmune conditions or whether the whole the whole gamut of, of disorders that we may come with. Mm-hmm. And again, um, the idea of um, naturally medicating um, attention and focus issues. That's another reason that I'll see college. Have, students.
1: You, have you seen students, and I'm sure you have, just like I have, who are um, very
2: worried about COVID? Um, I I have n- not seen many students until the last couple of weeks. Okay. So I didn't see any students at all between March. I did get a couple of phone consults of college age students. Uh-huh. So we moved to a telemedicine format to give more accessibility. Right. And also con- uh, continuity of care. So I did speak with a few college age, but they might not have been in school they might have taken some time off you mentioned supplements
1: is that is what is the first line of defense you use when a student comes to you a college-age person comes to you with stress and anxiety is that the first thing you talk to them about is supplements and also i'm curious The supplements that you recommend are they available locally or do you have to order those or do you provide those? How how does somebody get that?
2: Great question. So I always do an intake with people and I want to hear about their experience of things they may have tried, and that's the pharmaceuticals, that's that's any nutraceuticals that they've tried in the past. And I ask, have those worked? What are you currently taking? Are you taking these consistently? So we know if they should be on a pharmacy, that pharmaceutical that's works for them in the past and they're not on it, we need to refer them back to the student health center to have uh-huh. evaluated, et cetera. Um, the first thing I do honestly is I take a lifestyle inventory and I ask them questions like, how much caffeine do you use? Yeah because we know caffeine is a cortisol booster and we get into these habits of maybe not getting adequate sleep at night, which is another thing I always ask about. Oh yes. And then we prop ourselves up with caffeine and sugar and we ride this train and then we wind down often with alcohol and then get poor sleep. And so I really do start at the basis of what what is every day like? Right. And even if they're not doing that, they may get into a habit of that during finals. Yes. So I start looking at their and how do how's your nutrition? Mm. Because we really have a lot of anxiety when we're eating overly processed foods, when we've taken too many antibiotics and we haven't replaced the gut flora that has a direct relationship from our gut to our brain. Yes. So I ask about their nutrition. We cannot ask the body to be, the body and mind to be settled and contained if we don't have proper nutrition, proper lifestyle and exercise. I always ask about people's routine to exercise because if we, we can reduce anxiety a lot by movement by routine movement. So I start at the very basics and some people were like, oh yeah, I really need to do that. And I'll say, we'll try that for a week or two weeks. And sometimes they're interested in the acupuncture. So we'll kind of reset them so they can kind of fall back into the positive habits they already know. Mm -hmm. I always try to work with people. If things have worked in the past and they're wholesome, I really try to redirect. And then a simple thing I might do is ask them to try some herbal teas. I ask, is there, you know, is that something you would be interested in? Get them a really good, um, something they will make at home, like a smoothie in the morning. And that's not my favorite in the winter, but I modify those with people or, you know, a soup, something that gives them substance, right? Right. So I start there. And then if those don't work, we. I will usually invite them for acupuncture, especially if that's what they're inquiring about. I also will invite them to consider the um, amethyst biomat and mm-hmm. they can do that treatment as part of the acupuncture treatment. And it's a, it's a warming infrared pad that has crystals that It sounds very oovy groovy, but what it's really doing is it's stimulating the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system to relax. You know, way back when we started doing this mind-body work and we were doing the temperature of the fingertips. Yes. Right? And so it's a biofeedback mechanism. We also warm ourselves right if we can warm ourselves we can relax and there's a whole litany of toning the vagal nerve whether we're singing or chanting or whether we're gargling or whether we're taking a nice shower splashing our face with water there are many things that can acutely bring us back so we can make better decisions
1: is it sarita is it difficult to
2: get people to buy into what you're saying. It really depends on where they are in their introduction to it. Sometimes VJ, I'm the seed. And they're gonna they are getting the first layer of they're open minded or they wouldn't be here. That's or what I was gonna say. I feel
1: like by the time they get to you, they are at that point of either desperation or they're open-minded you know or they're coming from a place another state or somewhere else where this is common
2: knowledge you know this is they've been doing it Mm -hmm. so sometimes i'm just the water or the sunshine I'm a little bit of fertilizer to their terrain and sometimes you know they're already there and they're they're at that level of i've tried everything else yes i'm open i'm open now to coming to see you and to answer your question about supplements, they do vary in quality. They are not FDA tested yes. and regulated like yes. pharmacy. So, what we have to do is seek good brands. And sometimes good brands are local. Sometimes I refer them to Mana Grocery. I you know they can get this brand or that brand there. And I know it's a good one. I don't know all the supplements, there's trillions of dollars of supplement companies floating out there in products. Oh, yeah. So I do have an e-pharmacy with professional products. Sometimes people want to go to Amazon and I don't have a love affair with Amazon, <laughs> but what I do know is unscrupulous people will repackage expired and adulterated. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then sell them again. And then so charge you a fortune. Of course, but to, because that's, you know, they're selling it at the, at the price. It should be sold. But my thing is it trust your, trust your vendors whoever they are, and we do have a certain level of what we call professional line that are yeah. regularly tested, like fish oil. Yes. You don't want contaminated fish oil with PCBs and heavy metals. You want those cleaned and you want them um, helpful to your body and not harm. You. Yes, yes. Hey, let's. Liz- have- mm-hmm
1: go ahead i was gonna say let's take a break just for a few minutes and then when we come back i'm gonna um read you an email question from one of our listeners if you'll be willing to take that and i've got lots more i've just got tons of questions we could do a two-hour show so hang on we'll be right back you're listening to brain matters on 90.7 the capstone
2: WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.
0: This show is not a substitute for professional counseling and no relationship is created between the show hosts or guests and any listener. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, we encourage you to contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.
1: Into to Brain Matters on 90.7 The Capstone. I'm Dr. BJ Gunther. I've got Dr. Sarita Elizabeth Cox on the show. We're talking about alternative treatments for stress and anxiety. And Sarita, explain about your name. I think people would find that fascinating because I asked you this when I first met you.
2: I love that question, BJ. My name, um, I've chosen to accept the name Sarita from my first meditation teacher. So, it's a Sanskrit name, and I help people pronounce it by reminding them that it sounds like the word sorry, that Indian women wear as wrap. Oh, yeah. And then the word, the alliteration is on ta, and ta means to God. Sorry, a- ta. Sorry, ta. Well, I've totally messed that up. Sorry. You got it now. And <laughs> it actually means river. And so for me, one of the reasons I chose this name to use is because when you say my name, it brings a flow and a a fluidity to me. Names are very valued in the East with the resonance of what the energy they speak.
1: It's fascinating. It's, I, I I didn't remember that, but I knew that there was a reason that you chose that name.
2: And it's astrological. It was assigned by my astrology and it's supposed to help me be more in balance with the elements because I'm a little, I need more water. So, oh yes.
1: And, and let's talk about the elements in just a minute. Let me, let me get to one of these um email questions. What role do you believe that the placebo effect plays in these types of approaches? Huh?
2: Great question. What I always say is we always take the placebo. We always take the positive placebo. Generally, when people are given an opportunity for care and health, in general, there's going to be a percent of positive placebo effect. And 100% of the time, if your mind thinks it's going to help, I say, fantastic, let's factor that in. Yeah, don't fight it. Don't fight
1: it. I mean, I say that like sometimes when students come in and they've taken medication, they've chosen to take medication prescribed and they'll come in after a week on maybe an antidepressant medication and they feel better. I don't argue with them because the mind is powerful and it may be it may be really working. It may be the placebo effect, but I just go with it. Um, talk a little bit about this is fascinating. The is Are they element wisdom cards? Talk about those and how you learn to do this and who, what of your clients are eligible? Mm. Is anyone eligible to use these? um,
2: So over the last year, BJ, I, I I found myself repeating the same information to my patients again and again, these same lifestyle tips. And I found myself repeating different things in different seasons. Our, Our wellness really needs to reflect our relationship with the natural world. And I'm a huge believer in what nature can do for our mind and body. We've seen all these incredible studies now, like what happens when you walk, you know, 20 minutes on a trail. And then what happens when you walk two hours, literally our immune system, our immunity increases, I agree. Our cortisol decreases. Yes. So I have become more and more aware of repeating cycles through the year, and over time within pe- within people's journey of wellness. And what I did in real time last year, BJ, was during the winter season, I literally took notes of what I said to people, the concepts that arose during the winter. And I put those in very succinct, Messages, 73 cards for 73 days of winter. Hmm. They're snippets. And so our attention span is very small these days, but wisdom, we don't, we can often just prompt. I have always been one to empower people's health, not to tell them what to think or what to do. Right. So the cards are put in a format of affirmations, inquiries instructions little bits that inspire us back toward our essential nature that's really quite wild and beautiful but has a rhythm throughout the year even if we're on the equator we still have internal weather right for example, in, I had these um, printed in Mississippi, so the project's completely local. The bags are, the little cotton bags that I put them in are made in Georgia. I stamped them, the bag here at, at the orchard. Yes. They're very simple. They have my logo on one side. I see. And then they have a very simple black and white message on the other. Right. And so... When we look at these cards, oh. the season correlates to an element. So, in five element medicine, in Chinese medicine, the season of winter correlates to the element of water. And then, all the themes of water at its best functionality are brought forth and given to us as an opportunity to rebalance ourselves in that season. So, for example, I will give basic health winter tips like wear a vest. Wear a vest so your internal organs stay warm. Wear a scarf when it's windy because we can get cold wind coming in the back of our neck creating a lot of headaches and sinus infections. And this is very ancient wisdom. If you think about cultures that have less acclimated environments, they wear vests, they wear scarves and hats, right? And so I just say put it in your car. That way, it's always with you. And then when we're moving and in and out of these acclimated spaces, we may be inappropriate in the way we're relating to the natural elements.
1: Let me ask you something before you move on. Do the the seventy three days is that from the solstice to the solst? You know, the winter solstice. How do you come up with the seventy three days?
2: I probably should know that. The best question, BJ, so 73 is five seasons, and you're like, oh, five seasons, not four. Five seasons of 73 days each is 365, basically. So the method I use is the f- 73 days around the solstice in the equinox. We have four of those. We divide 73 and we basically have 18 days. Okay. We have a special season called the Earth Season. Okay. I love the Earth Season in this way because we come back and we work on our gut health and our blood sugar stabilization with our pancreas and our digestion. We need to revisit these elements of the Earth. Yes. The transition season. Yes. Four times a year. So 18 days around the solstice and the equinoxes, and then our standard season. So we actually started the winter season in the beginning of January, not December 21st, because we were still in the transition of the earth.
1: And it will last until when? What's the last day of the winter season? Do you
2: know? Oh, yeah, about? so it will be, you know, the solstice will be oh, what, about March yep. 21st. So we'll yep. at the beginning of March, we'll cut off winter, we'll come back to earth, then we will come into spring. Okay, okay. I I would love to give you a little bit of um, water winter wisdom advice around mental health and productivity. The winter is honestly about dreaming. It's when the seeds are put in the ground. So I've personally, been challenged to be more productive right now. I'm really hard on myself because I have this beautiful project and I'm trying to create these educational models. And I'm just like, I just want to dream for a minute. I just want to rest. I just want to merge. I just want to stay warm. Yes. And I think when we start learning that the spring is actually the more productive the springing forth, the creativity, and then summer, we're in full bloom. We're like, woo-woo! We're out (laughs) there, road trips and vacations, and I'm at my zenith, right? Right. Fall, we're kind of falling back down. It's a time to be retrospective, let go of things that don't serve us. And then winter, we're more resting and dreaming and merging instead of being the most active phase and sometimes we're really hard on ourselves because we want to get this goal we want to push and we want to succeed but the truth is that is not the most harmonious time to launch a project it's a great time to dream into the projects
1: are you um You should write a book about
2: this. (laughs) The cards are my book. So I did a course over a year and I wanted to write a book, but it came out in this form, which I'm kind of in love with right now. And have you
1: thought about providing
2: a course yourself or are you in the am I like? No, Steve BJ. I'm I'm really really fortunate um, with the COVID relief package. Uh, yes, I got a grant to pay forward some education that is exactly I'm doing. It's a, it's a tele medicine course, and. I'm having a really hard time because I've hired the people and we're working on it and I'm lagging in production. Like I'm supposed to be out there producing all this stuff. We got this grant money and I've got to give myself a break, Mm -hmm. right? I I am so honored that I could show up for you because it got me on board to do this water winter guided meditation. And so I am productive in real time as needed. Right. Where can people get your cards? The cards can be purchased online and they can be picked up here if they don't want to pay the shipping fee. Sure. Uh, it's elementwisdomcards.com. And BJ, there's a super fun quiz at the bottom because we do have season. So yes, this is a time to get your winter deck. We just started it. And if you want to search the blog or sign up with the gray envelope to follow. Okay. I'm doing mini blogs about twice a month with the cards and their card titles. So okay. right now, I'm. last year I wrote the cards. This year we're going deeper by prompting people to explore the cards. Right. I, I could totally see a group therapy type situation,
1: mm-hmm. you know, to do something like, I could totally see that with you. And, you know, um, your. how did you come up with the name for your center? It is Alberta Orchard. The website is albertaorchard.com.
2: Is that right? Yes, we have that website. Yes, we do. And that BJ was a post-tornado project. And so this was an old growth forest here in Alberta. And then in 2011, is that right? 2011, the tornado came through and it really flattened this area. And my mental health journey was putting a shovel into the ground and starting to plant trees. It gave me hope, it gave me focus, and it gave—it empowered me to start the transformation process and take advantage of the light that was now shining on me versus living in this beautiful old growth forest, which was dark and sweet and fairy-like and all that wonderful stuff, but it wasn't growing fruit trees. So it took me a little bit of time, but I finally worked with reality. Yes. I accepted the actuality of what had happened. and that my spirit was resilient enough to guide me toward a food forest. So now we have kiwis and grapes and we have muscadine vines and persimmon fruit and i think you're a fellow beekeeper like i am yeah i love the bees and we don't particularly harvest their honey very much but we love them here because our crops are so much more productive
1: you and and i need to when we finish the show we need to talk about our bees because i've had some issues i've been doing it for five years but i've had some issues this year for the first time so yeah bees are great i'm all for pollination and and uh That's a whole nother show. I could talk about my bees for days. We've only got about a minute left. uh, (laughs) Sorry. I want to say I'm still not. I'm still butchering the pronunciation, but thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it so much. This is fascinating. I'll have you back next fall when we continue with our um, with our fall shows. I appreciate it so much. Okay. Take care. Don't forget our shows are recorded and podcasted to voices.ua.edu. Just type in Brain Matters and you'll find some of our past shows. You can also go on the Counseling Center's website at counseling.ua.edu. And as always, I wanna thank a few people who've made the show possible. Dr. Greg Vanderwall, he's our executive director here at the Counseling Center. Terry Siggers from the Office of Student Media. Of course, my production assistant tonight, Katherine Howell, and my colleagues at the Counseling Center. The WVUA staff who will edit our show And thanks again for listening to Brain Matters tonight. Good night.
0: The show is not intended as a substitute for professional counseling. Further, the views, opinions, and conclusions expressed by the show hosts or their guests are their own and not necessarily those of the University of Alabama, its officers, or trustees. Any views, opinions, or conclusions shared on the show do not create a relationship between the host or any guest and any listener, and such a relationship should never be inferred. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, please contact the UA Counseling Center at 348 3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact Contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.